92.7 WMAY. We are back. I'm Jim Leach. And now I want to play for you the conversation I had a few days back with an artist who will be appearing here in Springfield in just a few weeks. And uh, the creative force behind one of the best known and most beloved top 40 hits of all time. And we're talking with the legendary Don McLean coming to Springfield at the UIS Performing Arts Center on July 23rd, celebrating the 50th anniversary of the iconic classic American Pie. Don McLean, it is an honor to speak with you. Well, you know, thank you for saying that. I really, it really is so nice of you to say that. And um, I believe, isn't this where Lincoln's house is in Springfield, Illinois? I think that it is correct. Lincoln's home, Lincoln's tomb. Uh, We have a lot of Lincoln here. Yes, I remember going and visiting his house, um, and I remember seeing Rail Splitter Dodge, you know. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> every kind of uh, connection to, to, oh, to Honest Abe, but lovely. I really loved that experience, and um, I'm really looking forward to singing there. Yeah, we're excited to have you come back to Springfield. I, I want to start by asking a bit about uh, American Pie, obviously. Uh, and and for all, all of us, of course, it's always been an iconic record. I'm curious as to when did you realize that this song was something more than just a typical radio hit? Was it while you were writing it, while you were recording it, the first time you heard it on the radio? When did it click with you that this was more than just a, a standard song? Well, I didn't. What happened to me was that I put an album out called Tapestry, which was a very successful underground record on FM radio. And then there was a lot of ups and downs, but the American Pie album was created and it was, it was released. And what happened basically happened to me. I became like a, like the Beatles or something for about a year. And it was so intense. Because suddenly this song not only triggered the massive sales of the single, but of the album, and everybody knew the album, and I was playing, you know, the biggest places everywhere. And uh, for a couple of years, I would say. And um, so it had a, a huge effect on me personally, and it took a while to stand back I wasn't even thinking about, you know, is this how great this album or song was? I was thinking, you know, how am I going to get through this next tour? You know, uh, so it was all very basic. And also it was having a negative effect on my personal life because I was moving so much and I was so tired all the time and somewhat cranky, I might say, just from, you know, having, and I learned a lot though about being overworked and all the rest of that stuff. But, yeah, I, I pulled back for a while and realized, you know, basically um, I'm finished because, you know, I'll never follow this. And um, then that's when the, the sort of the critics started on me around 1973. Rolling Stone in particular made an effort to try to uh, step on me. And uh, so I'm so happy that, uh, that Jan Wenner has left Rolling Stone and that uh, I've outlived all those people, you know, and every time, a, you know, there's a 60-foot uh, mural of me in my hometown. I want to look at that. I think, you know, hey, Rolling Stone, shove it. You know what I mean? 
Uh, take us back through a bit of the creative process on this. Uh, obviously, everybody knows that the, the broad inspiration for this was uh, the death of Buddy Holly and your reaction to that. But, but how did it evolve into this allegory for the uh, entire history of the early years of rock with the Beatles and the Stones and the Birds? How, how did that all come together in your mind? Well, you're going to find that out in this movie called um, The Day the Music Died, The Story of Don McLean's American Pie. And that is going to be on Paramount Plus, and it's coming in July. And it's a feature-length film, an hour and a half, and I talk about everything that had to do with writing the song. But more than that, actually, the song took... 10 years to write, in a sense, because it was lingering kind of in the back of my mind. <clears throat> and a lot of things happened. And then finally, um, with the, the need to come up with a second album after the Tapestry record, I, I was working on this, this idea, and the Buddy Holly part of the song came out in one go right into the tape recorder, almost like a genie. And I said, oh boy, this is exciting because now I, you know, I've got a way to hook the ideas that I have onto this. And um, so I did another two or three months of thinking about it. And then I just wrote it in like an hour. And how did the record company react when you came back and said, I've got this eight minute song and I, I think this is the single. Uh, what did, did you get any pushback on all of that? I didn't talk to the record company. Um, I got signed to record companies, and then my manager did a lot of bad things, but he did a couple of good things, and one of them was that nobody could tell me what to record. When Don McLean went in the studio, Don McLean would did whatever he wanted. And so I walked away. When I was satisfied, when the producer and, and I were satisfied with the album, that is all we cared about. And he would get some, you know, some noise from the record company. With it. But I didn't pay any attention to any of it. I never heard from anybody directly. So basically, I just went about my business. This is what I'm doing. And they took that song and they made it a three-minute record and it went to number one. And then the people who were listening to my album Tapestry on the FM radio station... They called the radio station on the AM side, and they said, hey, that's not the song. The song is eight and a half minutes. So they brought the album into the, the studio and played the album cut when they started doing the top ten, and the eight and a half minute version went to number one. So it went to number one in two different ways, and then was released as a double-sided single because they didn't have the technology in those days to have a single with eight and a half minutes on one side. We're talking with singer-songwriter Don McLean. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, you've inspired now a new documentary about your career and about this song. It's also the inspiration for a children's book. Tell me about that. Well, that is the inspiration, really, of Spencer Proffer, who is the man behind a lot of these projects. Um, he came into my life uh, two years ago, and we have contracted with his companies to do a children's book, a Bauer bookazine, a Broadway show, 
and a television documentary, a, rather a, a proper documentary movie. So we've done the bookazine with Bauer Music Publishing. We've done the children's book. We've done the the movie. The only thing left to do will be the Broadway show, and that will be, of course, called American Pie, and it will have a lot of my songs in it. And the children's book, uh, his wife, Judy Proffer, is absolutely brilliant at this. And she asked if, you know, they could do a children's book. I think they did one for Graham Nash also. And I'm listed as the writer, but really she wrote the book. And she used my interviews and my songs and other things that she's read in order to create this character of Donnie Boy, who, and it's actually what I call myself sometimes, who is this paper boy. And I have, I am the paper boy in American Pie. When I talk about, you know, with every paper I deliver, I was only a paper boy. I never had another job after that. And I always managed, somehow I discovered the guitar around that time. And from that point forward, always made a living with the guitar all my life. I've never had another job. So that's how that idea came. And she created a, a fantasy, really, uh, which uses little elements of American Pie and of the story uh, of American Pie and a little bit of Buddy is the person he delivers the papers to named Buddy and uh, so I think it'll probably result in uh, kids hearing the record again as well. You know, little kids, five, six years old, because it is a bit of a, a nursery rhyme, American Pie. It's a bit of a children's song. The book is called American Pie the Fable. Be sure to look for that. And I'm almost out of time, I know, but before I let you go, uh, American Pie has inspired all of us so uh, profoundly. Uh, in this tour, what what song inspires you to, to that degree uh, beyond American Pie? What's the song you're most looking forward to performing live here in Springfield? Uh, by the way, I want to say, if I may, that you can get this children's book, American Pie, A Fable, on Amazon. And everywhere books are sold. I want to say that every time it's brought up because it's right there and it gets five-star reviews. And I'm very excited about it. Um, no song compares. American Pie. Um, it is the it is the it is the big tree in the forest. You know, it's it, it comes at later on in the show, and by that time they've had a lot of things they like to hear. They've heard crying. They've heard "And I Love You So." They've heard "Castles in the Air." They've heard "Vincent." They've heard "Jerusalem." They've heard "Dreidel." They've heard you know all kinds of songs they know from the albums, but. Again, it's the same principle as the album was basically all roads lead to this one song. Uh, unfortunately, I was I couldn't leave that as the last song, which is the way I wanted it. So I made a big concession to have it as the first song. So it kind of took the idea, the concept of the record out of my hands, but it really was the right thing to do. That's why I did it. But yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much the song I I look forward to seeing because I like the audience to to get happy, you know, and they really go nuts, and it's a, a beautiful thing. Can't wait for it. July 23rd, UIS Performing Arts Center here in Springfield. Don McLean, thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. We will rock and roll. I can't wait to come to Springfield, and thank you for having me. Thanks. Take care.